Hello, welcome back to Canine Connections. On today's episode, I want to make it clear that Tina is joining us remotely. She is um, she's in Brooksville, Florida, uh, on, on a wonderful excursion with her son. Uh, she's joining us from a coffee shop, so I just want to tell you the audio is a little bit, how should I say, sketchy. So anyway, um, we thank you for bearing with us, and stay tuned for some really exciting excerpts from Tina's journey uh, coming up real soon. But Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to Canine Connections with Tina Patel. I'm Tom to come along the journey with you, and I'm so excited to be here. It's, Tina, it's been a while, or as yes. the kids say, a hot minute. So I know you've been really, really busy, and we're going to have some time today on today's program to, to break down a recent adventure uh, that you took the family on, and you know why a lot of people today are are going out on, well, not so much. They used to go a lot on uh, destinations, right? So they'd go to Disney or or Universal for that summer break. But your family took a different approach. And so I want to know what inspired you guys uh, to take this epic journey adventure that you just took. And you started with an RV, right? Yes. So um, where did that, I mean, like, were you guys sitting around the kitchen table and you, let's rent an RV and drive all over the world? No, actually, uh, you know, well, you know, um, things come to me spontaneously, right? And um, others around me would say, and I would agree, that I live my life as much as I possibly can. I live it spontaneously, Right. And so last year, uh, last year, yes, I think it was last year, um, for my 40th birthday, I just a few days before my birthday, and I don't celebrate my birthday, right? This is, it's not a thing in our family. It's not how we've been raised. And so um, I spun it on him that three days or four days before my birthday, that, okay, I have this grand idea for my 40th. I want to go on an RV trip. And I have no idea where it came from. I, well, I do. I've always sensationalized that in my mind, but I probably just haven't spoken about it, you know, out loud. And Nim knows me well enough to know that things come about very quickly, and then you just have to make them happen. It's not like, let's take our time, let's research the heck out of it. I mean, he can spend the next three days, 24 hours a day staying up researching it, but right. for me, it just needs to happen, you know? It's, so, does, does he do that, though? I kind of, I, I could see him doing that. Oh my God, yes. So, you know, look, here's the thing. Whatever it takes, like on my end, as a human experiencing very uniquely and differently than he as the human who's also experiencing things very differently and uniquely, the point is you just need to experience it to each his own. That experience is different, right? And it's not about minimizing, lessening, changing, you know, any of that. But do your thing, I'll do my thing. And so... Again, whatever it takes, if you feel like the best uh, use of your time for the next four days is <laughs> researching this, you know, and staying up and doing so, by all means, go ahead. You, you do okay? you, right. Yeah, you do you. <laughs> you know? I don't get that part, but you don't get the, you know, my part. So anyway, um, so it started that way. We went on this um, wonderful trip and um, Naylin and I, Oh my God, we had such a great time. And Nim claimed that our experience was different. He doesn't say it's more fun, but 
but he does say our experience and perspective was very different, one that we cannot relate to because he drove. Okay, well, <laughs> we didn't drive. We were the passengers and, um, oh, it was so fun, so fun. And, you know, I've always, inside, like I can remember vivid moments even as a child feeling um, at home as a nomad. I know that sounds outrageous, but just um, being detached, unattached, you know, free to move and roam and just uh, there's a sense of uh, huge freedom there and safety. Whereas to name, it might not appear as freedom or safety. In fact, it could be the polar opposite of that, right? So um, anyway, so that was such a great time. And then this year for Naylan's birthday, um, you know, when he was born, I said when he was six, I wanted to take a year off because the intention was that he wasn't going to be in school right. until seven. And that's only if our school systems would change by seven. And I think that that case, right? Things are shifting um, in all areas. But anyway, I don't know what that looks like when he turned six uh, last month. My thought was that we would take that year off and go on a spiritual journey um, from country to country and visiting different ashrams. And I wanted to have, I wanted him to have a strong foundation in um, yoga and meditation. And as a vegetarian that he is, um, and who really loves cooking and gardening. I wanted him to have something that I've always had a huge interest in, but I've never had access to exploring that interest or getting gaining information. Another part of me is a farmer. You know, um, uh, I think in all of us, there are many, many different um, who we are, you know, which I really struggle with when people ask, like, who are you? What do you do? That kind of thing. Because it's, we're so much, we're so many individuals or interests whichever one suits better within us in this one body but within that one body it's not one thing it's so many things and i think i know for me specifically as a child i've always been i was always that way and um i was confronted pretty um rigorously regarding that to say that i remember my parents would always say um I have a very difficult time focusing. Things like that, like somebody who was more weird, more focused, or had a direct response, like a simple question, what do you want to do when you grow up? Okay, so somebody who knew the answer was much more focused and much more likely to succeed than me who gave 18 answers. You know, I want to do this and I want to do this and all that. And I, and I feel like that's something that is so valued and appreciated now. Um, however, um, that wasn't the case, you know, as, as it's not the way I had experienced it. And so I want to gift that to Naaman, right? Because I see in him and not just him, I see it in children that the adults are the ones trying to channel them and box them. But really, they are, there are no boxes, you know, they are, there, there's just so many avenues, so many possibilities. And I think that the, the lens I see children through, I should, I know rather, is a lens that I developed seeing dogs through that they are not just this, excuse me, we, we can't just, we can't force or impose upon them to be and behave um, order, orderly, which means like one thing, you right. know, it could be a range, but it's like 
a standard, like this is it, you know, like obedience, right? Sure, obedience consists of many different things, but it's a box. It's this one way of being. And I think that to me, I've always experienced that for myself as the killing of life killing of desire, the killing of interest, the killing of curiosity. Again, I'm speaking for myself here, not in interpretation for what it might be for somebody else. And so experiencing it in that way and knowing the outer world and seeing it as so big and vast and rich and has infinite possibilities, and then having to experience this beautiful, rich outer world that offered infinite possibilities as one is something I have always struggled with. And that was the basis from which I wanted to, really Dog Under was created, where it was give these dogs back that world, you know, those options, the numerous possibilities. And now I feel, wow, my work has been so devoted to giving as much as possible options to these dogs. Um, and, you know, for the last six years, um, Nim has been, I would say, the primary caretaker for Nayland. Um, I want that one year with him, or more. I don't know what the future holds, but as of speaking in, in the present moment, they say, you become the parent you wish your parent was to you. And I think there's some truth to it, because that's what I want to give to Nayland, is the hey, isn't this something? Let me just divert a second. You know our camper, our trailer camper that we bought? Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, called, it's called No Boundaries. Tell me, see, this is what I mean. This is how amazing the universe is. Because I was just going to say about the whole, as a parent, raising your child as the, um, being the parent that you wish your parents were to you. Um, I see a little bit of that in Nalan, although I feel like I practice mindfulness around that and using a sense of awareness to see that I'm not just imposing what I wanted on him, but that it is truly something he desires and is thriving as a result. I want him to have no boundaries, you know? I want him to have um, no limitations. Um, and to create those possibilities from which an organism, a living being, can thrive. And the image I have in my head is, again, goes back to Doglando. If I look at Doglando from an aerial view, like a bird's eye view, And we, are, we get asked this during tours all the time when people notice how quiet the dogs are or how they get along, how there's a mixed age group and they all just coexist beautifully together. Their mind leads them to asking questions like, oh, those dogs are so obedient. They must have been trained. Is that what you guys do here? No. That's not what we do here. We give them the possibility to thrive, which any living organism, when they are given that environment, 
those conditions can thrive on their own, right? So we have to be the creator of those conditions, not the creator of the organism. The organism will create itself, but we must create the conditions within which that organism can grow. And that's what I feel that this journey, even with going on these, they're not adventurous to me. They are just conditions that this particular child needs because of the way he has, who he is, how maybe the influence of how he has been raised. There's so many different components to the being, to this, this being. One might say, well, how does your child um, deal with change? Isn't that a lot of change? Don't you just want more? And I think that the answer is, like in most things, it depends. I think where there is security and where there is a level of, and that security comes from a healthy form of attachment to self and identity and um, a home within yourself, then I think that um, you don't look for it on the outside. These words barely make sense to me as I say them out loud. They make so much more sense to me in feeling internally. So I'm not even sure how this is landing on you or our listeners. But before I ask you, continuing with this train of thought, um, there was a moment we were, we were on our way back and we were at our last stop at Blue Springs and uh, he, Nayla knew we were on our own. We were coming back home. And he said, everywhere is home. So he, as a, as a child, because he's been traveling since he was six months, he came up with this concept and we kind of just followed his lead. Like for example, he calls our home in Orlando, he calls it the Orlando our home in Brooksville, he calls the Brooksville home. If we went to, say, Colorado and we were staying in a hotel, he would call it the Colorado home. Like he would just, you know, that's what home meant to him wherever we are, wherever we were staying, he would call it by its location. So this time he said, I want to be in our travel home. And as I asked him and we had this conversation, um, what I realized about I'm generalizing when I say children, and I, I'm aware of that because I do believe many, most, maybe all children are this way. But what I became aware of was the, their resilience grows from and at their ability to adapt um, comes from this the consistency and the steadiness of our presence. We have always been there. His primary needs, his life needs, were not handed over to somebody else. His life needs, food, water, things that sleep, safety, that was always, it has never so far been, even for one moment, right? He's never had a babysitter, any of that, right? Like including, and not, I don't mean it in a negative way for anyone who has, this is to me a massive experiment, including um, taking advantage of my in-laws or you know, uh, parents or whatever. That's not ever been the case for him. 
And so his primary needs have always been taken care of where from that perspective, he has, um, he is able to adapt and acclimate to change with resilience um, and without concern. I, I learned this from puppies. When puppies get separated from their moms prematurely, just like many children do, when parents are forced to return to work, or whatever the case may be, where they have to take their child to a daycare. And there's that inconsistency in the primary needs provider, the provider who's providing those primary, those life needs, right? I think that um, there's something to be said about that. And that's why I feel vehemently passionate and almost obligated to explore what that is, even through our work with puppy breath, because we won't know until somebody does it differently. Right. You know, just like if you and our listeners would allow me to say this, that Leyland is an experiment on, in one way. If we didn't do things differently with him, then how would I know? I would be producing what has already been produced, not because I look at him as a product. But there's also that saying, you become the product of your family or the arrangement or whatever, you know? Right. Environment, so, et cetera, yeah. Uh, the environment, yeah. yeah. So I know I've gone all over the map because in my mind, that's exactly how it is. There's not a real answer and a box to fit in that I can so easily. Um, and, and isn't the true irony, the fact that you're, you know, riding around the country in a box? I'm sorry. <laughs> it just occurred to me. So, so, so much over here, you know, that is so ironic about, yeah, so many different things. Now, here's the thing about that box, okay? It's not stationary. Typically, when we compartmentalize something and we box it, it becomes so, um, it's almost as if it cannot change, be broken, uh, be converted into anything. I mean, look, look, this is the mode of transportation more than the living environment we're living and spending. So let's, let's think about that. Let's break that down and try to put it in a way that we can quantify in our home, in Orlando, um, under the current conditions with COVID, Nayland's lifestyle, like everybody else's, but we're using him as an example, um, changed drastically. He had a really dynamic uh, day prior to that where they would have breakfast and then they would go on whatever adventures it is, every day he would wake up, you know, it would be a different thing. Sometimes he would make something like the Science Center, which I considered educational. Sometimes he would go to the beach, not that that's not educational, but it was a different experience. You know, every day was something different. For the last however many months, that's not been the case, right? It's things are opening up slowly so that we can integrate those parts, but it's still not the same. It still feels very rigid, very constrained, limited options. 
So um, in our own in Avalon, when you think about living, uh, you are in, within those quarters, you're spending a considerable amount of your daily hours within that box, whether it's your workspace or whether it's your home space. See, this camper, that's not the case. It is just our mode of transportation, but most of our living hours are outdoors, are wherever we end up, you know? And that's all, we are literally just coming in to eat and to sleep. It would be the equivalent of you checking into a hotel. You don't go and stay, go to a hotel to stay in your hotel room all day long, you know? Um, so it's, it's like that. So it's really not that boxed. You're quite, quite free. Well, no, they're often described as, as aerodynamic as a school bus, but I, I, no, I, just, I, I just think it's phenomenal that, and, and I've met Naylan and spent a lot of time around him. Uh, most recently, we had the opportunity to, to dine with you guys a few weeks ago, and the curiosity that lives in, the, in him, and, and he is one of the most polite, loving kids that I think I've met, and I don't say that to blow smoke. I mean, he is a u really unique individual, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to the philosophy, right, of letting him explore, letting him, I mean, I watched him concoct uh, a, a dining option uh, at, at the table, um, but he's so curious, and, and I think it's, it's curiosity that, that, that also helps to expand our freedom, right, and, and, and that zeal and desire that he has to do that, that so, Tom, that's remarkable. So, Tom, let me take you back a second, because it's interesting you bring that up. Um, well, you saw that concoction, right? Yes, I, in and fact, I sampled it. And you said, yeah. yes, I was just going to say, and you sampled it, yes. Thank you for honoring him in that way. <laughs> I don't know that I'll do it twice, but... Um, but... Um, so let's let's just use that as an example. Um, you know, the, the, there's two things that really uh, struck out at me in what you said. One was his politeness. When people come to Dogland and see these dogs, they, that's exactly what strikes out to them. And oh God, how amazing are these dogs? They can't possibly be nasty. They can't possibly hold up. And that's how I want my dog to be. They're so nice. They're so sweet. They're so calm. They're so polite. You know, that kind of thing. Same thing. Did we train that? Did we train England to do that? It's, well, it depends on what you call training. It's a lifestyle. It's an adaptation of a particular lifestyle. It is using every experience as a learning opportunity, as a coaching opportunity, and taking it from there, you know, and that's what it's been for the dogs, that's what it's been for the children. Now, let me say this again. It's taking every single opportunity. It is taking those opportunities that are the most challenging, that are what people negate or completely avoid. That exact restaurant, now you met some very dear people to us, right? Yeah. We have grown fond of. That is because now we have a relationship with them, number of positive interactions over a period of time. We have been going to this restaurant for a very long time. Well, not that particular one because it's brand new, but there are the, the first location, right? So you just reminded me of the first time we went to that restaurant first two times, <laughs> you'll laugh now because just wait till you hear what I'm describing. This restaurant was pretty fancy, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was nice. It was um, it was very hip and kind of uh, freshly designed. Yes, and when I say fancy, in terms of um, uh, the environment itself, um, it's not warm. You have children just running around everywhere, and, uh, right? Like, how do you describe that? Yeah, so it, it's it, it's borderline. It, it wasn't upscale, but it was. The atmosphere is such that it's calm and and quiet and. It, 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 not fancy, I wouldn't use that word, but I'd, I'd say it's definitely more of a uh, a date type of, okay. you know okay. what I mean? Okay, and how would you describe um, the uh, table there, like the, the dining ware, the plates? And yeah, so we, we weren't dining with just, you know, wooden chopsticks, so, <laughs> you know. So there, there was there was nice china, there was nice, um, the, the settings were nice, The it was... It was, um, yeah, it it was a very nice dining experience. and, and Okay, the reason I'm asking you is this. So their other location, yeah. which is where we first got introduced to them, um, and I don't know that they do it at this location. I, I would assume they do, but <laughs> when we first went there, they saw, um, they seated us, they see a child, and guess what they brought out? A plastic plate. Oh. Plastic fork and <laughs> see where I'm going. A hundred percent. Okay, a plastic cup. Damon looks at her and goes, uh, first of all, he takes the plate, he goes, Is this a frisbee? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it literally looked like a frisbee, right? And then he said, I don't drink out of this. I want, <laughs> I, I had ordered wine, so he said he wanted a wine glass. So the lady, the waitress said, I said, look, I understand why you're giving this to him. If you feel comfortable, we can make it work. But I assure you, we won't break it. So if you're okay with it, yeah, I'm okay uh, with it. Please do give him glass and give him the proper, um, you know, the metal um, cutlery and stuff. So right. she brought him a setting reluctantly. She was so nervous that, and all she could think of in her mind was, oh God, you know, what if this wine glass breaks or, and then he nimbled a beer and you know how they put them in the freezer and it's like yeah. all ice. Okay, so then Nathan wanted one of these for his very hair, right? So, of course he did. So she's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's brought them, brought all of this out. So anyway, he then starts his concoction and she's probably just thinking, oh my God, what is going on? So like I said, to take this back a few what I said a few seconds ago, um, taking every moment as an opportunity to teach, as an opportunity to create an experience, as an opportunity to do, you know, those opportunities are very difficult to take. It was extremely, I don't, it doesn't come off that way. At least I've been told that being tells me all the time, listen, this is really hard for me to do. It's easy for you. Oh no, it's actually not very easy for me. It may appear that way, but it's not easy for me because it's kind of awkward and I, you know, I, I'm trying to create this experience for Damon, but it's awkward for me to be in this, I'm not trying to have, I'm not in, in a confrontation, you know, I don't want to create conflict or sure. tension in this relationship with the waitress. So it's just as awkward as it is for me. Um, so, so she brings in and she, he's creating this, like he's taking a little bit of the food and he's putting it everywhere. And there was a time when she comes and she just checks in and said, Oh God, oh God, like his plate got full. Um, and she said, hey, let me take that away, let me take that away. And I said, no, it's his creation, it's his recipe. In fact, 
He's going to ask you to try it. He's cooking this for you. Right. And that's where a breakthrough happened. All of a sudden, she, I invited her into this experience and broke through this barrier in our relationships that I'm not having my child make a mess for you to clean up. Understand, I respect you madly and would not do that for you. In fact, I want to invite you to our kitchen. And, and you know, so however it happened, you took me back to that exact moment where a massive breakthrough happened. And then since then, that's it. As soon as he arrived, right, they automatically knew. And now, like you saw, they come and they put his arms around, their arms around him and will ask him, what are you cooking? And, you know, they'll joke about it. And sometimes they'll even bring out ingredients for him. They bring out a chef hat for him, you know, at the, at the other restaurant. That's why he asked um, at this one, uh, do you have my chef hat, you know, which they didn't have. So point is that... Um, uh, it is, it is true. like for all of us, and we should not forget that even for us, being in any event, condition, experience, relationship with tension is very difficult. We enter that with unease. We enter it not being ourselves. We enter it um, wanting to leave quickly, right? Children are the same way. This could be a very, when, when, when this experience is, um, even for a dog, when it is, when they are entering it with ease, they know exactly what to do. When that tension is removed, there's no agitation. They enter a, an event completely coherent, completely able to it this way versus this way. You know, when you enter something with tension, you only want to see it like, with horse blinders and just hope nothing else exists and you run through this tunnel like blindly and get out, you know, because that's the only view you want to have. And so I think that it's as a result of that that what you are describing, which I use the word mindfulness and awareness and presence, is he has a bigger sense of all of that um, because the tension is constantly um, worked at right an experience the child has is at a restaurant sitting with adults is going to be very different you can either shut it down and say operate in your own bubble this box in this you know so that it creates more capacity for us but if i behaved that way every dog we've had at dog Lando who has been a teacher to me would be cussing me out right now. like what is that what we've taught you, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I feel I feel just one more example to, to wrap this up point that I'm trying to make. Um, we can wrap it up. Not yesterday, we discovered this really cool place. It's called Monkey Island. I've we been there. Go. Yeah, I've been there. That's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Isn't it? It's right off of um, uh, Homosasa, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so Nolan has been big into bait and tackle recently. And so he went to this bait shop and um, he came back and he said, and I could tell on his face he was so disappointed in that one because normally it has to do with Nick. So Nim's in trouble because something happened to him. So he goes, I said, Nolan, what happened? And he goes, well, I really, really, really wanted this bait fish. And the dad said no. And I said, well, why did you say no? And um, he told me why, and I didn't think that was a, 
I mean, that abusive. Now, in traditional parenting and in our culture, I think it would be deemed extremely inappropriate that I'm having this conversation with Lane in, in this manner, and that him and I are not together on the same point or in agreement, right? And I think this is another thing that, again, I've learned through dogs at Dog Wando is um, who are we an advocate for? Selfishly ourselves or really the dogs? Because if we're an advocate for them, then we need to be extremely flexible. That means not always am I going to be able to, and I'm going to need you to step it up. Not always are you going to be able to, and I'm going to have to, because we're all human and we're all going to show our intolerances or tiredness or weaknesses at some point. Sure. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I don't need to be drugged down at a moment where you're weak. I need to just stand up at that moment and say, all right, well, I can, I'll, I'll think about the reason at this point, you know? So, um, so I said, well, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a, a, a good, good enough for me. Does it sound good enough for you? And he said, no. And I, I said, well, why not? And he explained it. And I totally agreed. Like he had a really valid point. So by then, Mim came and I said, Mim, um, is it true? This is what Leland said. And this is, uh, you know, what he said, understood of you telling him, is that true? And Leland said, uh, Mim said, yes, that's true. And I literally just looked at him like, really? That's the best you could come up with. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so I gave Nalan my credit card and I said, here it is. You go buy it. You go all the way there on your own. You ask how much it is. You get me the total and you bring the receipt. Okay. And he said, okay. And he went off, walked all the way to the bait shop on his own, came back, told me how much it was handed me the receipt, and then handed me this damn fish, you know, this, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> silver, yeah, this silver mullet thing that he bought, and he was so freaking excited. Check this out. He brought back two cups of ice, right? right. Put it into his bag, and so we were still in the parking lot filling the um, cooler bag with ice to put his fish in, and the man from one of the, uh, the vendors comes out and he said, I just wanted to say, he did amazing. I said, oh, thank you. What did he do? He said he was so polite. He waited there. He was so polite. He said, thank you. He said hello as he walked by to people who were walking by. And I was like, you see, this is nurturing opportunities to create experiences. This is where you delay time. This is where you say stop everything else and seize the moment. Right. So I was giving you those experiences, those examples to say, that it's not in the training, it's not, that's why I can't take credit for it to say, oh, wow, when somebody says he's so well-mannered or whatever. No, it's when it's the, it, it's, it's so time-consuming and takes, at least for me, it's so hard. It's so um, challenging with so many of things I've got going on in my mind running in a hundred places to be so present in that moment to nurture that opportunity for him as much as it is for any other parent, it is, it does not come easy, you know, but it is mandatory. It is essential. And it is the reason why I feel this one year right now, there was no time to waste to make this decision to say, we've got to hit the road and we've got to do this because the quality of life experiences, not life, life experiences, we have available to us from our home 
and our surroundings at home are so limited. And I can't just wait for time to pass. I love it. And, and hope things will be different. And well, you're owning it and he's going to be able to own it. And one of the things you said that I wrote down, uh, everywhere is home. And yeah. that, that coming out of his mouth, um, that, that came from him, yeah. is, is certainly profound. And, and, and I think as you, as you travel along, um, he's going to get, he's going to get so many amazing, not adventures to your point, but he's just, so many experiences that, that, that'll open his mind even further. And one of the things you were talking about was the blinders. And, you know, I, I can see very easily how, I think kids growing up today really get tunneled and pressured into a certain way, and this is the way it needs to be done. And, and, and I think that a lot of times we're imposing a lot of anxiety upon them. And with Naylin, it seems as though that anxiety is not there, that fear is not there. And fear is one of the biggest things that cripple us and prevent us from moving forward and, and traveling the, to exactly what you're doing right now is just, just getting up and going. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. When we did our trial run um, last week, the day after we got the camper, um, I wanted to just go and be able to set it up on my own and you know, that kind of thing. So we took a trip to Coco and we met. We literally arrived and I'm, <laughs> look at this site. I mean, everyone around us must be thinking, what, what good are those two men who are just letting her do everything? Because I was like, you don't touch anything. I'm going to do the whole thing. You just stay back and watch, you know? And uh, I was hooking up and four boys come running to the camper. And we start talking and I completely like abandoned the camper, didn't even set it up and start talking to these kids. And they're telling me all about like the discoveries they've made so far. And they're from Texas and they've spent six months at this camper, camp grounds. And they discovered a gator and they discovered all these fish and you know, all these different things. And um, our camper has a ladder that you can go all the way up onto the roof and you can actually sit up there. So then all the kids went up there and it was so great. And I said, man, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. You know, this right here, within a moment, you're talking about all these kids growing in just like, and I went out with them um, and learned that they, they caught, I don't know, at least 25 fish wow. in a matter of an hour and a half. Right, it was a very small area, but you know, this pond, but it was densely um, stocked, and so they had all these different fish. I learned how to well, Nayland and I both. Um, one of the things that has been really challenging for me in this whole interest of fishing for Nayland has been the concept of taking this fish off the hook, you know. Um, and so I learned how to do that really fast and really safely with the fish, like how you let it land on the on the ground and you put your foot over the fish so it's not around everywhere and then with just one hand you take the hook off anyway so it was so cool and then the father came and we started talking and he was telling me how he's um, working on the uh, in the space coast and so you know he just the schools the way they are they just sold their home to texas and then they bought this they upgraded their um, rv and they're just going to live out of it full time and right now because of work he's at this location for six months and I was telling him how wonderful his boys were and how awesome it felt to just be greeted by them, uh, you know, when we pulled in and um, exactly the experience I'm hoping for and looking for for myself and for Nayland and for everybody else that we can reciprocate this experience to. And he said, um, you know, it wasn't like 
permissible when he, he said his boys. Now, granted, um, I, I would guess his boys were probably 12 and maybe 11 and 12 or 9 and 12 or something like that. Okay, so much older than me. And he said, it wasn't always like this. And he said, no, what do you mean? He said, he pointed to his older son. He said, he has been bullied practically his whole life. He said he wouldn't have talked to a child, he wouldn't have, or to, to another kid. Um, he has anxiety, he's been seeing therapists for the last four years, and that just went on and on and on. And then he said his other son, um, who was the one I was uh, talking to, um, he, he hasn't been bullied, but he has developed anxiety as well. And um, we didn't get into the whole thing about anxiety, but from that, basically, we were talking about how um, never would he have come to this to witness something like this. Like the, the conditions are such that it's forced them to be exposed to how bad it was for their children. Wow. And now he said he would never go back to it. He said, knowing this now, I just wouldn't put my kids into that situation. And um, yeah, it was just so cool. Uh, cool to hear that and see these wonderful kids and, and so, so, um, they're so polite, but also um, willing to share that information. And that's something that I've always wanted, you know, even in looking for a school for him, I've always said, look at Doglando, we don't segregate dogs in by groups and ages and sizes and all of that. Why would I do that to a child? I want him to go into a school where he has, you know, um, it's a mixed age, it's diverse, it's a, um, but we're so, we're so focused on the learning objective to be something that the learning, you know, it's all about the end goal, right? Like what is the objective? And based on the objective, you have to create the path to get to those, um, that, that end goal. The learning objective is one that is so faulty that has created such a faulty system. You know, we blame the system, but we need to look at that ob learning objective and see the fault in that. You know, it's it it's really, and I just wrote this down too. It's really living without those boundaries and just like the name of your camper that you're you're going to drag around the United States. Was it? It's no boundaries, <laughs> right? But that that's that's what's helping. That's that that is what living is. So you're you're capturing the the essence of that and letting him experience that as well. Yeah. Well, listen, we wish you all of the best on your journeys, and and we want to stay in touch. and And I've got a really cool idea that I want to I'm I'm going to call you afterwards, and we're going to chat about awesome. uh, about so captioning exciting. some of these. And but um, I I really want to thank you for your time and and more importantly for introducing me to those french fries that we had at that chinese place they oh yes they, I, I have not stopped thinking about those they, they were for our listeners tom yes um you have just confused the hell out of them chinese restaurant and you're talking about <laughs> french <best>. fries <laughs> so they th th this place makes these fries with... first of all it's not even chinese oh it's what is it that's one okay it, it was whatever it was it was delicious but these these fries had pepper flakes uh, infused into them, and they were unbelievable. And I, I can't stop thinking about them. So we'll be back to, to have some more. Yes, yes. But I, I want to thank you so much, and wish you safe travels, and you and Naylan. And um, where where can people find out more about Dog Lando? 
dogondo.com. Very good. And we, we will talk really, really soon. And like I said, I, ha I have an idea for our listeners that I think they're going to love, and it's going to involve you and your phone. So we'll, oh, we'll, 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 come, <laughs> we'll come back to oh, that. Oh, God. And technology? And technology. It, it'll, oh, be, it'll be easy, I promise. But I, I want to thank our listeners so very much for tuning in. And we'd love it if you'd share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Tina, we will talk to you really soon. Thanks. Thank you.